0: Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Dez, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high-quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B L U S K Y S. L I F E dot com and use code B U 20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Thank you for being here, being in our presence today. If it's your first time here, hit the subscribe button. I'm so happy to have you. I hope that you enjoy this conversation and you'll keep coming back. And if you've been coming, Thank you for being here and continuing to engage with me and the incredible guests that I have on my show. Today is a treat. It's a really big treat because I have Mr. Jack Brickhouse on the show and he is many things. He's a successful author. We'll talk about his book in a, in a little bit. He's a producer, a public speaker, an internationally published music composer, if that's not enough yes. of everything I just said. And most importantly, what we'll talk about today too, is the fact that he's a business coach. He coaches people with who are desperate dreamers that think about their dreams every day, but may just need a little bit of help with execution. It's just getting to the other side of action. And he's had his fair share of pivot points in his life. So we'll learn about that. And he is out of Arizona.
1: Right. So you are my
0: neighbor. You are my neighbor. So I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we're just sharing a little borderline right there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I, I call it from from desert to desert. I used to have a partner there. That was our little line. Desert to desert. Your desert to my desert here in Arizona.
0: That's right. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Absolutely. You're a busy person, but I just appreciate holding this space because you have so much to offer. But I would be remiss if I didn't start with you, you know, your your story and the obstacles that you've gone through to be able to do the work that you do today. So why don't we start there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, I appreciate you even having me on. Uh, I've been waiting on this interview. I think we lined this up what probably a month and a half or so ago. Uh, but here we are. Uh, it's great stuff. So um, I am humble. Uh, that's the first way I will describe myself as, uh, as I kind of lay out uh, you know, my journey. You guys may or may not understand that, but I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and I, there's a lot of other individuals who kind of feel that from time to time, contingent upon uh, the communities you come from. So, uh, But I am Jack Brickhouse. I am uh, currently based in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am originally from just outside Chicago, a little town called Gary, Indiana. Um, And so uh, Gary is known for uh, three things. Uh, One is Michael Jackson. Uh, The Jackson 5 was uh, birthed uh, per se out of uh, Gary, Indiana. Uh, The second is uh, we have a huge uh, steel industry there uh, as far as steel mills. Um, There's a lot of uh, car plants between uh, Indiana, Chicago, and Michigan. Um, So we produce a lot of steel. That's kind of the the backbone of the uh, residency there. And then the third thing is not so positive. Uh, It was, we were the murder capital of the world. Uh, at one point, and that is the most murders per 100,000 uh, people. So um, more currently, if, if you've listened to the news about Chicago and, and those types of things, it's kind of a, a similar environment um, of, of what happens in Gary, Indiana. So that's kind of the core of who I am. So, you know, growing up in that environment, um, you know, you learn a lot of things uh, about survival, first and foremost, which um, I think in some cases can limit growth uh, because you that was a, a, a primary a responsibility of, of everyone. So, you know, you have kids that are young who have to walk to school, but they have to walk through some challenging situations, um, right? At home, there's challenging situations. And so it's all these things that uh, can either build character or break character can, contingent upon the, the individual. Um, and so that was kind of the core of, of, of what forged me. And, and uh, I, as I look back now, it, it gave me the courage and, and uh, built my uh, my skin and made me tough to be able to, to deal in the business world because the business world is the same way. Um, So, um, as I grew up, uh, again, a lot of street influence, a lot of hip hop music, Uh, the hip hop mogul was born at that time, mid nineties or so, as I was coming into uh, my teenage years and and the stories through those songs kind of gave me hope. I listened to the uh, uh, P Diddy's and the Jay Z's and all these other great artists who would tell these stories about how they came from a similar place. And now they are here. And then, you know, they're in so many words, they're letting you know that there are no limits. You can do whatever you want. Again, these challenges are tough and we went through these same challenges. Um, But so you can do it at the same time, uh, completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm reading at like 12, 13 years old. I'm reading The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. Right. So I'm reading business books. Then again, of course, I couldn't uh, take what I can take from it at an older age. But it was just, you know, I was always looking for uh, something positive. Again, uh, with uh, Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 coming from there, although they weren't there, that showed you that definitely a rose can grow out of the concrete and be the biggest rose. Right. And so as I went through the journey, went through high school, um, at the end of high school, I actually had my son, uh, 17. He's now 21. Um, and then I had my daughter several years later um, at 20, and she's actually graduating this year. So um, that added another layer of challenges to an already uh, challenging life as I move forward. A uh, positive out of that is uh, at 20, I was able to open my first legitimate business uh, where I had to go through uh, and get EIN numbers and you know go through all the formalities of paperwork. I had partnered with a fellow student um, we had a uh, business that was called Aerosense, and Aerosense was uh, fragrances, oils, those types of things, and uh, we, t- we took a, uh, the things that we learned from the street, right, and applied them to the formal business setting, and so we hit the community, went out into the barbershops, beauty shops uh, in Indiana and uh, south side, west side of Chicago, um, and again, just you know, peddled those things and, and we generated revenue until we were able to open a, a kiosk in our local mall, and so that was my first experience at business uh the the mistake there was we hired people too quickly uh, and and stepped away from the business again i'm 20 years old we just we had a business we hired people and so you know we didn't take enough time to engage with the business and learn all the analytics at that time uh so that was a sidestep uh kind of moving forward from there i went into the transportation industry um as a truck driver so i did that for just under 10 years so i learned a lot about logistics and how um, just as how we're having this shipping uh, scenario now, I understand it you know, to a T because uh, you know, I've lived through that. And so I learned a lot about how these Fortune 500 companies move their products and how uh, truck, train, uh, air, rail, all that uh, you know, works together in order to get the products that we need. And I learned a lot about supply chain. Um, so uh, we'll go 10 years. Uh, once I, I decided I didn't want to drive anymore, again, my kids had gotten older. Um, and so then I decided I also didn't want to be in the cold anymore. All right, and so I decided to relocate out here to the desert that will be 11, 11 years ago in December. And then I just kind of wanted to get back into what I love, was, which was music. Uh, that's my primary love is, is composing. Um, and uh, originally when I when I first entered uh, Columbia College Chicago, I was there studying music uh, entrepreneurship uh, for the one year that I did attend there at that time. And so that's that's kind of been the core of me is just music. And I was always into the the business side of the music outside of composing. I just happened to do that a little bit of that as well. Um, but when I came back to Arizona, I kind of retooled, refocused. Um, I got my uh, I have an associate's degree in uh, audio production technology and a bachelor's and a master's degree in organizational leadership. So I was able to take both sides. I got my uh, business side right now and, and I got my music degree. And, and I take those things back into the community with me. And so for about the past five years, five, six years, I launched uh, a nonprofit organizations called Brickhouse Cares. Um, and we uh, work to be a resource bridge between organizations and communities. Um, a lot of times the, uh, the programs that come from uh, the boardroom, right, are not necessarily received well or delivered properly to the community. And that's because there's a disconnect. A lot of people who sit in boardrooms don't know the lingo of the actual community that they're uh, working to serve or develop programs for. And so me coming from that community and still, you know, being able to go to those communities and connect with those people and connect with kids in the school, I try to sit on as many uh, committees and, and chair as many boards as I can. Uh, so uh, currently through Brickhouse Cares, uh, we're working with, uh, I'm an alumni association from a community college, we do a lot of work with the um, uh, U.S. speech and debate competition. I've been doing that for the past several years, working to be a judge and uh, assist the kids there. Uh, we sit with uh, Law enforcement once uh, once a month here in Arizona. We were in the cap uh, prior to co- prior to COVID. We were in the Capitol once a month uh, with different committees. And again, just in, on the that's the boardroom side. On the community side, uh, we we're doing some mentor work in one of the middle schools and high schools. Actually, in the classroom, assisting the teachers through a program, and you know, being able to communicate with the with the youth and and talk them through the problems that I experienced some years back. Um, and so that's kind of my focus now is just charitable work. Um, working against the uh, materialistic and, and consumerism that kind of affects everyone and, and um, you know, kind of drives us to want these material things over everything else and not not really value our, our fellow individual. And so at Brickhouse Cares, that's what we focus on is uh, just leveraging people. Right. It's not necessarily about revenue. It's just about people. So uh, one of our current projects, I'm working with a, a longtime uh, friend of mine who has it. He's a minister and he's uh, building his ministry. So I'm helping him to build out that. Corporate infrastructure. So, on the backside of Brickhouse Cares, is kind of what we do: is work with uh, uh, small businesses and, and large businesses as well to help the CEOs or, or the founders, whoever it is, put their infrastructure in place to be as successful as they can with their uh, with their business.
0: That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much that you that you pack into your life and it's all so impactful and, and so much of it is geared around service, which I have so much respect for. But you know, if anybody is tuning in and listening to to the whole arc of your story, I think one of the things that they might be asking yourself themselves is how do you go from the environment that you grew up in that was difficult that was challenged by to to where you are today how, what was it that made the turning point for you to be in a place where someone might say well your opportunities are limited or you know how do you break through when it's just so easy to to stay maybe in the kind of stuff that keeps you there versus allowing you to branch out what was it for you that enabled you to do that
1: right i mean for me it was just uh an internal assessment i just did not want to be a statistic right before i even had kids i was considered a statistic because of the environment that we grew up in we weren't supposed to get past a certain age and even if we do we were not supposed to be productive and so i didn't want to be a part of that stereotype and so uh when i when i did uh join the transportation industry that took me out of the city i got to travel this whole country the only place i haven't been is south dakota Right, And so uh, a lot of the things that are represented in the media um, as far as how we are divided is not it's, we're not really as divided as it appears in, in the way that the national media, because I've been in all the nooks and crannies. I've been in the deep south of Alabama and the Carolinas. I've actually I actually uh, went to a, a cotton field that was there, you know, that was uh, back from the 1800s and, and delivered, you know, material for them. And the people was, were just as kind as they can be. Um, so, you know, I've been in all those territories. So it was that, so that was exposure, right? That was exposure to the rest of the country right there. And so that uh, assisted me in not being home and maybe being caught up in some scenarios that I more than likely would have been caught up with because I was away from the city. So I was in and out of the city. And so that really uh, assisted in broad, broadening my horizons. Um, for me, I can trace it back to when I was seven years old which is why I ended up on the West Coast. My, my grandmother and grandfather brought me on a trip to visit some relatives in California. And so when I came, we came to California, it was wintertime, it was snowing and I got to California people, my relatives had pools and they were in the pools and it looked like everything that I had saw on Nickelodeon. I'm like, holy shit, Uh, you know, people, this is, this is real. And so I got back home two weeks later and I asked my mom, I'm like, hey, why are we here in this cold weather when our relatives are not dealing with this and they're living this sunny life in California? And so that kind of planted the seed in me. Um, and so when I decided to to make that transition to the West coast, that's kind of how all that came about but it was just an internal uh, driving force to answer your question just not wanting to be a statistic um, taking the, the the small opportunities that I, I could find and applying them and then just really more so than anything, being uncomfortable because I mean I was already uncomfortable doing what I was doing right and so now taking the leap and doing something positive is no different so you know instead of having something to force me to be uncomfortable. I choose when to make myself uncomfortable and that's what I continue to do.
0: Yeah. What do you have to lose? Right? Right.
1: Right. What do you yeah. have to lose? Right.
0: Well, one, one of the things I love is the title of the book <laughs> that you did. Cigarettes and bad decisions. This yes. shit I wish I'd known. Yes. Well, you, you did this and I know that it's inspired people. What was the catalyst for you doing this book?
1: Yeah, so I actually am a co-author. That was the first book I've been able to be a part of. And shout out to our editor, uh, Janoa White. Uh, Janoa and I, uh, I met her at Columbia College the year I was there uh, a while back. And she actually had written a book uh, because she had a a son who has autism. And so she wrote a book about her journey. And so for me, what actually sparked it was um, as I was doing more stuff in the community, I I watch a lot of uh, news. Right. And so I would notice that. Uh, they would bring in a, a, a an expert to comment on a, whatever the topic was, and then they would flash the expert's book. They would say, this is such and such author of. And they would put a picture of the book for five seconds. And then the book goes away. And the average audience member never reads that book. But it gives you instant credibility just by saying that the person took, a time, took the time to write a book. And so I was like, all right, I have to figure out how to. I need to write a book to give me that. I have all these other accolades. But if I write a book now, that even takes me and puts me in another round. And so um, I got with my my buddy, that's my longtime friend, Coffee Black, and then uh, Hollow Tip is actually my wife, um, and, and we all come from Gary, and we come from the same neighborhood. And um, what we what well, we were just having a conversation. So we all used to uh, co-host a podcast together, and so uh, we had we would have these convers- one off conversations, and we were all kind of uh, lending the same advice, although to different individuals. So I said, hey, let's just you know play around and kind of try to corral some of these ideas and see what themes we have. And so I think we started with like uh, thirty different topics, and I said, "Well, the average person is not going to read this, especially for us being new. So let's let's get this down to about fifteen, something that's nice and and easy to digest." And that's what we did. Um, and so uh, we kind of collectively, you know, scribbled out and hammered out some ideas. It was about a year process to get that done. Uh, the the title uh, came uh, through through actually through my partner Coffee Black, who about I think we were maybe about three months in, and we kind of had a loose title, uh, and it was kind of going to be based off the podcast. But he had been hanging out with a longtime friend who was in town and uh, they, you know, they had a late night, three, four in the morning. And so he called called the next day and uh, asked, hey, are you doing all right? I was just calling to check in on you. And so her reply was, yeah, I'm all right. But I'm feeling like cigarettes and bad decisions. Right. And so that was kind of I was like, so when he told me that story, I'm like, well, that's the title. And so I knew people some people would think that it was actually about smoking and cigarettes, but I knew it would at least make you stop it to, to, uh, you know, look and see, well, what is this about? And so it is a self. It has nothing to do with smoking at all. It's a self-help book. And we collectively uh, come together in each chapter with the exception of one and just try to provide our individual experiences from our journeys on uh, certain topics. right?
0: Uh, it's awesome and it is definitely eye-catching for sure. I right. love it and it also just captures the moment and that's real life, right? right. So when you're in real conversations with friends and you have these moments, that's what you remember. So that's right. a perfect way to come up with the title. Right. I think I think it's so awesome. But I want to talk about too what you do now in in coaching people. So what who are the kind of people you coach and what, it is that, what is it that you focus on with them?
1: Yeah, so I focus on a mental mindset. So I, uh, what, maybe three years back now, maybe four, I was a part of an organization called SCORE. Um, and for those who may not know SCORE, SCORE is a national organization uh, through the Small Business Administration. Uh, it is a collection of retired executives of, from president, CEO, the marketing, any, anywhere in that room. Uh, who have retired in most cases and have decided to lend their business expertise to the community. And everything that SCORE offers is uh, free of charge. And so there's a variety of individuals who come through that door. So when I came in, uh, they uh, when I was asked to come in, I was actually like the youngest person by about 15 or 20 years that they had. And that's actually what they were looking for because they wanted to revamp the video and get some fresh blood in. Uh, they were getting some uh, entertainment and people coming from that realm and just in the realms that they didn't have the necessary connection with the individual Um, and so that was a a a great opportunity for me to connect with various businesses from uh, online educational courses uh, to people where uh, one gentleman was trying to start a bakery and and everything in between there and Mm -hmm. so the the core of business is the same all right Uh, of the the core things that you need to do and then outside of that it becomes industry specific but as far as building a, a a business the core things that you have to do are all pretty similar And so what I focused on, uh, uh, they asked me to put together a presentation. So I put together a workshop, it was called Positive Plus Negative Equals Success. Because uh, what our branch of SCORE didn't have, although it had that, you know, these are the ABCs of business, these are taxes, this is how you use social media and all these other things. it didn't talk about the real struggle for those newer entrepreneurs, which is the mindset, right? Are you ready to even do this? Like, it sounds good and I'm gonna be my own boss and I'm not gonna do all these things. But it's a hell of a lot of work. It's more work than you've more than likely done in whatever regular format job you've had. And so that was, that was uh, what positive plus negative equals success was all about is that, yeah, positive things are going to happen, but you need those negative things as well to, to help propel you along through your career. So when something negative happens, you can't quit, right? If you're going to be the business owner and challenges don't stop. You know, people say, well, I want, you know, I'm going to become, I'm going to hire all these people and then I'm going to kick back. And it's still, no, right? Mark Zuckerberg is one of the the top CEOs in the world. And what is he doing? He's not kickback, right? He's dealing with Congress and Senate and and all these. So it's not fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure every now and then he gets a day or two where he can go and do these things. But you, the the bigger your company gets and the uh, the more clientele you build, the busier you get. You know, especially if you're at the top of the chain, because everything that happens is a reflection on you. When the oil spill happened uh, a, a few weeks back off the coast. Who did they call first? The CEO, no matter if he was in France or wherever he was, he got a call that said, hey, you need to get your ass back to headquarters right now because there's a, you know, thousands of gallons in the ocean right now. There's right? a
0: hot thing going on right now that you need to handle. That yeah. you, need
1: to, you need to handle, right? And so that's, that's kind of the core of what I do. So through BrickHouse Cares, that's what we do. Um, uh, we work with uh, different entities to help build a structure uh, it's a lot of business development and teaching them the importance of networking and, and uh, actually connecting them into the communities. Um, we show them that the, the, you know, being in the community, actually participating in charitable organizations will actually help you to drive revenue and give visibility and just those sorts of things. So that's kind of my primary focus. Again, it's just, um, again, on the, on the front side is, is helping those resources get to the right place and making sure that they're, re- they're uh, received properly when they get there. Cause in minority communities, the number one thing is trust, right? If, if they say, nobody knows you around here, don't come around here. Right. And so you, you, you can't come in off, you know, fresh out the boardroom when you have no connection and say, Hey, we're doing all these great things. Cause that's happened many times. And so, you know, I just try to, to, again, to, to be that bridge that can work with uh, different businesses and different people in the community to say, Hey, you know, these things are available. Like, uh, for instance, uh, the, the ministry that I'm working with now, I'm helping the CEO to get connected with a fiscal sponsor. As uh, they they have a grant writer, and so you know, by having a fiscal sponsor, it takes a lot of pressure off a new business because your board of directors is solidified. All these other things are in place through the through having a fiscal sponsor, and so you know, it's just taking those small um, uh, opportunities to educate, and, and so that's kind of the the coaching that I do. It's like, hey, you know, let's sit down and, and let's figure this out, and, and teaching the importance of strategy. It's like, I, I know you want to get here, but we have to put a strategy in place, and then we have to put a project plan in place. And then we need the uh, execution plan, and we need a timeline, so now you can be accountable. you know we're not just floating saying, "I want to get this business off the ground, and we're going to do these things." You can say, "Well, what did I accomplish last week? Nothing right <laughs> That can be a bad thing or a good thing, right and so is you have to always be accountable, and it's no different than, than the internal uh, assessment that I was speaking about earlier right is I have to be accountable for what I'm engaging in and, and and what I'm doing, and it's no different for uh you know business owners. It's the same thing
0: yeah. And, and, you know, it's amazing and everything that you describe because I, I think people can relate in some ways, even if, even if you haven't started your own business and you've been a part of one, you see the steps that it takes to become successful from, you know, to the project plan and execution and goals and metrics and all of this stuff. But one of the things you pointed out that I think is unique and is not always talked about is the community yeah. And, yeah. and making and creating a bridge for people that will trust what you're doing, can believe in what you're doing, talk about what you're doing and it's a little bit more of this organic, authentic, connected way of doing things versus just here's my ad. Right. Here's this stuff on social media or here's, you know, this postcard because it's uh, we live in a world today that is very it's it's funny because as much as we say we're connected, mm-hmm. kind of disconnected.
1: Kind of disconnected. If,
0: because everything like you and I are having this conversation, we're being very present right now. Right. You're listening to me, I'm listening to you, and we're here together. And this is this is a this is a an example of building community. Right. But most of the times it's passive. Discussion. It's you see something you, you can, yeah, you can engage with it if you want to. You can like it. You can not like it. You can comment on it, but it's passive. Mm -hmm. And the kinds of things that you're talking about is very active. It's going out, having conversations, building trust. So by the time businesses grow and make an impact, it's a real impact with real people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, again, you, people have to know you. Other businesses have to know that you're outside, outside of whatever your Internet uh, representation or flyers or whatever it may be. People just still want to engage. Right. And so uh, I, I, I use social media all the time. I use a lot of uh, LinkedIn to connect with individuals. And so that I think a lot of people want that to be the be all of their connection. It's all going to be social. But there comes to a point where it's all right, hey, let's get together. If they're here locally, let's get together or let's, let's jump on a, a, a formal Zoom session and actually have a, a dialogue or a discussion. And so uh, social media can be used as a great gateway to start conversations with individuals that you may or may not have contact with without social media. But then there's the follow up on that and actually taking the time to build a relationship. So, you know, I get requests and, and I try to answer all my uh, messages. Uh, I've had a students say, hey, uh, I see that you're in leadership and I am have a leadership course in high school and I would love to ask you some questions. Hey, let's do it. All right, but if you just send me uh, your album and say, hey, my album just came out and I've never had any interaction with you before, I'm skip, right? Because right. there's too many other things to do. But hey, if you say, hey, I'm a new artist and, and you build and we have this relationship, then yeah, I'll, I'll check out you know, what you have. I'm all about connections.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it, but it, star- but it starts with planting a seed, That's right? right? is it is not just this tree that all of a sudden emerges out of nowhere. It's with every water that you give, there's a little bit of growth that comes with that. And, and it's usually in a series of engagements, not just a one, one time situation. And that's, that's, that's really amazing. You know, I do want to come back to one of the things that is so key that you said that you work on with business and coaching, which is mindset. It's so huge. I actually listened to uh, when I was looking on your media with your Thinking Out Loud uh, yeah. podcast series that you did, yeah. and I listened to the the episode called "When Life Gets in the Way, yeah. Find Another Route." Right, and you talk about mindset
1: right
0: in there. And what I loved about it is how we have choices, and usually what gets in our way is not things; it's us.
1: It's us. It's us. It's ourselves yeah
0: so is that i'm just curious you know in the different interactions that you've had is that a theme that you tend to see when you're working with you know entrepreneurs regardless of what stage that they're in when you think about mindset
1: yeah because it's it can be scary it's challenging so let's say for um beginners so if if you're just starting out the questions that that i the probing questions i ask is are you ready not to get paid every two weeks or every week? Right. Uh, because now you're invoicing. You're the boss and you want to be the boss. This is what being the boss is. So now you have to invoice your client. Right. And they're going to have a 30 day period or whatever. You have to fit into that. And in the meantime, business and operations are still going for you. All right. So what are you going to do? How are you going to work that out? Uh, the next thing you're if you generate revenue through this business, that's not necessarily your personal income. That's the business's income. Right. You have to learn how and when can you pay yourself? Right, It's all of these. So it's these things. So when you're so you launch this business, you put your your money into it or what you put your time into it, even if it's not money. And your spouse says, hey, what are you doing? Like, we're not making any money. These bills are coming in. Right? The kids have to go join the soccer team or the football team when you're going to do something. And so although and uh, uh, another entrepreneur will understand your process. And that's what I tell them. Befriend an entrepreneurial com- uh, community because they will understand these things that not all growth is visual, especially from the outside. And so you may be working your butt off, but your spouse doesn't see that because although your your check is coming in 30 to 45 days, it's not there today. And Friday, the rent is due, right? The cell phone bill is due. And so now here comes that pressure. Uh, another thing, uh, a lot of people want the people around them, your friends and family to support what they're doing. Those are the last people who jump on board, right? right. They know you and you're just another person to them, right? It's, it's like, uh, take someone like LeBron James's kids. Although he's LeBron James, they get excited over other athletes because you know he's just that, right? And so it's no different. So the the your the people close to you won't really jump on until they see people outside jumping on to what you're doing. Then they say, "Oh, you're a big deal, son," or "Hey, hey, nephew," right? <laughs> and and so you know people get frustrated with that, and they're like, "Well, I'm you know I'm doing these things, and I thought my." Well, family would be supportive. And I thought my friends would be there and they, well, they tell me, well, just, why are you doing that? Just quit and go get a, a, a another job or nine to five. Right. And, and so it's all these things. These are the pressures that while you enjoy making uh, or delivering your service or making your product, this is what's really going on to the, if, if you're the boss of the company and especially in the beginning. And so uh, one of my other sayings is preparation is a separation. Like you have to mentally prepare for these things and you have to take care of these things inside, because by the time uh, they are outside. They've been manifested. It's kind of too late to make an impact. They're playing out in front of you. So now mm-hmm. what you can do, though, is dig back in internally and figure out how to change some of those things internally. <coughs> Excuse me, internally. So you have a, a, a better man- manifestation. And it it's all mental because it's hard at, at any level. It's hard as a coach. You you know that when you're coaching and you have clients that don't listen uh, to to what you're telling them. And so it, at every level, regardless of the industry, it's, it's tough. And it's always going to be tough there because the, especially now the landscape is, is changing, I would say, more rapidly than it h- has in a long time. And so mm-hmm. there's really no time that to be comf- uh, sit back and be comfortable. Uh, we're in a global marketplace. So instead of you just being competing with this group, now you're competing with this group. You know, right. It's huge. It's, it's everybody. And so just being, as you mentioned earlier, just being in an active mindset and an active state of mind, understanding that every day I wake up, there's going to be challenges in my personal life in my professional life and I can't let the two bleed over although they will and so that's where I always talk about balance right the balance is important it's not living in excess in either way it's just living in balance right uh, in the in the uh, positive plus negative equals success i use the analogy of a car battery car battery has a negative post and a positive post right if the negative post fails the battery's not working if the positive post fails they have to work in unison Right, That's why you have a positive post and a negative post. And so you have to take those negative things with those positive things in order to make any progress or move that car down the road.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And li- I mean, life is like that, right? Where there's darkness, there's light. There's a yin and a yang. There's good and right. there's bad. And it's inevitable. And right. the scale will tilt back and forth and back and forth. And it's always this finesse right. that we have to manage the, the balance and how it gets skewed. You right. know all the time what about when people get to that place where they want to give up because things aren't going well and they might become new saying you know i've tried this many things i've tried and it's not working you know i i don't i don't know if i should be doing this anymore you yeah know, I, I don't know if that that <laughs> conversation yeah. happens. I feel
1: like it does. Oh, it always happens. Yeah. The, uh, again, it's <laughs> what tough. And
0: does that coaching look like.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I ask those tough questions. Right. So, yeah, you're tired and you're ready to give up. But what is your competitor doing? Are they tired and they're ready to give up? And it's hard. Right. And and the that's not always taken in, in the best way. But again, as your coach, I'm not here to be your friend. As you're a uh, uh, corporate advisor, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to ask you the hard questions. And so that's what I'm going to ask you. If you're tired now, you're not going to make it. I can I can tell you from personal experience you can you can call this you will tell you the same if you're tired at whatever point that you are you're not built to to run a company or an organization at the current time is what I would say if that's mm-hmm. how you're feeling it's not that you can't ever do it I never you can do whatever you want but if your mindset is telling you it's time to quit right it it, it may not be for you and what I also but I also use that as a, in, in a positive light and I always say that until you feel like you want to quit you're not even halfway through your journey of making the progress that you want to make progress into. I still feel like I want to quit. I want to quit every day at something, right? Stuff is hard and it gets difficult, <laughs> right? You, you had those days and you're like, why the hell am I doing this? I, I can just quit and, and go do this and go do that. And that's the other. And so I kind of use that and say, now you're at a, a, a decision point. So you're ready to quit. You're thinking about giving up. And what I'll remind them of is you're roughly in that halfway point now. So turning around is the same distance as going forward now because you're at the half. You're at the 50 yard line. So yeah. if you turn back and around, you can go fifty yards that way, or you can keep going game the other fifty yards. Right, it's
0: a game time decision.
1: It's a right, and that's what it comes down to. And so those are the things. And so you know, I say take the time and 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 not. Well, so one of our uh, chapters in cigarettes and bad decisions is emotions will get you broke, right? And when you when you're going into business, there you you got to take the emotional state and the emotional feelings out of it. Not that you're not going to feel them. It's just that you have to take those, process them, and then make a logical business decision on on how to right. move forward right you're right because that's that's the reality
0: house just laid it down yeah. right there, but it's true i think anybody listening right now is taking themselves back to that place yeah. where they were in an emotional state it happens to us all the time there's going to be certain things where you're on high and making decisions in that state is tricky it's tricky right? it's tricky to do but your emotions are real and sometimes sometimes you need to Take a uh, take a pause and come back to things when you're in a more logical, rational state than in a heightened emotional state to in order to make intelligent, you know, decisions.
1: Right. right. But that's
0: no. that's so true.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, going yeah. back
0: to so many moments that I've had where I I just wanted I just wanted to stay in bed. Yeah. I, I didn't even know. Right. You know, but for me, you know, personally,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was when when I thought about that moment because it still happens. Is it's bigger than me? Right. You know what I'm doing is bigger than me. This isn't about me. You know, if it was that, then of course, what we, what's right. happening? Stay in right. bed, right? Right. Why right. 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 I'll right. stay. There. Yeah. But it's <laughs> you know I'm not I'm not in service of me. And I think that is, is why I relate to so much of what you're doing is because you're in service of others. And when you're in service of others, that changes the game.
1: Changes the game drastically, right? Uh, so uh, we have another chapter, Pursue Happiness and the Money Will Come. And again, that's, it's just about doing what it is that you love and understanding you still have to make a living. And then, and I'll say there's two folds to that because doing what you love to do may or may not be for you. It's one thing to to do something as a hobby but it's another thing to do things under pressure and when people are paying you for them and when you have to do them over and over and over uh let's talk sports again if you're in the nba there's 82 games in a regular season and then there's a bunch of practices in between so you're playing basketball a whole lot it's not just you know i'm, you know, I'm on the court i'm just on game day basketball is your life and so yeah you you do this but now there's industry injuries because you're doing this so much right there's going to be mishaps there's going to be challenges but figuring out what it is that you want to do and just understanding that you can make and generate revenue off of anything that, that you want to do. All right, it's just some things may be more simplistic because there's a pattern in place for them already. And then some things may be a little bit more challenging and then your demographics and your geography and all these things go into it. But an example I give is uh, there's a video on YouTube. And I, I think I uh, referenced this in the book with a, a gentleman who apparently is into medieval uh, weapons, right? And so he has these swords and he has these torches and all these other things. And he does hair, right? He, he works at a salon, he opened a salon and he does women's hair using blow torches and knives and all these other things. All right, and so then I ask you, if I, if I said, hey, Des, I want you to try this new salon. This guy uses torches and swords and all these things. Are you gonna go sit down? Oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, right, on average. But this guy is- If
0: brick house, tries it out first, let me know how it goes.
1: Well, right, so you, so-
0: And then I'll see what's gonna, what's happening next.
1: And so then you think about that. So now this guy, you have to book this guy months in advance because he's doing what he loved to do. He figured out how to do this stuff, right? And so if he can convince women to sit down in a chair and, and let him handle their hair with all of these different things, why can't you do what you want to do? All right. So you think about it. If, if he told his brother or father, hey, I'm going to do this, what would they have told him? Get the fuck out of here, right?
0: Yes. All right. <laughs> It'd be like, you need to come up with a new idea. With That's a new hard.
1: idea. And so he's delivering. So that's just like one of the most extreme cases that I use. So, you know, you're in between, the average person is in between zero and that. So there's a lot of space to figure out what it is you want to do. So if that guy can do that, you can do whatever it is you want to do. It's just, it's challenging. Like there's no easy way around it. There's a challenge every day.
0: Yeah. There's, it's about ownership and and it's yours. You know, I think it's, we want to be able to point to other people. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to take accountability for the things that we want. And it's up to us to get there. Uh, and, you know, I've been having more conversations with people lately. And to your very point about when you're doing something new, especially uh, family members or people or fr- even friends, right. people that are around, you, people close to you don't believe in you. Part, one of the things uh, about entrepreneurship sometimes is that it's, it's a lonely place. Exactly. It's a lonely place with you and your ideas, yeah. and and uh, <clears throat> you have to learn how to become your own best advocate. Sometimes your own best friend. You're sitting there talking to yourself, talking yourself in to the different things of why you're doing what you're doing and why it's important for you to persevere. But that that grit is such a big part of it. Is the is the the mental space that you carry. For yourself to to just be able to move forward, because you're you know you don't have this whole cheerleading team yet, right. you know right. it probably will come over time, like you said, when you have trust, but it takes time to get to that place
1: right, right. and and then even then that those cheerleaders can turn on you right at any given time. so it's 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 not there's highs and there's lows to it because everybody supports you when it's fun to support you, but then it doesn't take much for it to go the other way. And so, you know, again, being able to adapt and stay in the course is, is, is the, the key to it. It's committing to what it is that you're doing. And, uh, again, uh, of course, you, you, you love support. Uh, the average person loves support and, and having people close to them, you know, pour into them. But, you know, it's not everybody doesn't understand uh, exactly what you said, you, you know, what you're doing as an entrepreneur and stepping out in something new. Or it can be a business that, that has been proven and you're, you know, you're franchisee or whatever it may be. It's still there's still ups and downs and challenges and there's going to be waves of uh, it's, it's like the superhero, like at the end of the dark night. Right. Some, sometimes you got to be the hero they need and then sometimes you got to go away. And that's that's just part of it. If uh, your business de- depends on public support and, and, and uh, public uh, uh, PR and those types of things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think, too, with mindset, I, I love the analogy of, um, you know, scarcity versus abundance. Right. Because there's, I, I think in entrepreneurship, too, there's that, that fear of competition. Like, oh, well, you know, there there's other people doing this. You know, well, for every KFC, there's a Popeyes or a Churches and, a, you know, you can go on and on. But they're still all there. You they're can still make- there? Every day about which one you're going to go to, but you know, there's the competition of the chicken sandwich or it's the competition of the Nike shoe or, you know, uh, whatever new new stuff is coming out in every retail industry ever made. But it doesn't stop people from coming. I mean, look at beauty. Holy crap. There's like so many products and yet there's still things coming into fruition and new companies that are that are saying this is why we're different this right. is why you know you should go with our products over this so so when you have uh, an abundance mindset there's enough to go around plenty you just have to you know differentiate yourself and 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 that i know that that is easier said than done <laughs> so,
1: yeah 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 well you know it's, it's all a part of you know just preconditioning and social engineering and and just how the culture is shaped again we, you know we are all about materialism in general, just as a general media, uh, consumerism, buy, buy, buy. Even if you don't need, you need to buy the new stuff because just because it came out, if Apple releases a new phone, you need to get it because you need to have the newest stuff. But then why? What, what Did your previous phone stop working? Are you a, a world business traveler who needs the most current, right? Like, what is it? Why do you need it? Or why do you need th- these new outfits? Or did, why do you have to have a new... Not saying that you can't do it, but that's just what the basis for what... The, the average person is experiencing and so you're just being because more,
0: you can doesn't mean you should
1: doesn't mean you should right right so you <laughs> right right it, you know and so it's just disciplining so you know that i try to make I, I guess that's another point as far as mental mindset you have to go from uh you know thinking as a, a consumer to thinking as a business person and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's two different types of, of thoughts. So as a consumer, you're worried about buying and competing and being with everybody else where on the mm-hmm. other side, you're worrying about scaling your uh, business properly and, and your financials in a different way and how to obtain the consumer. And it's much more in depth than when you're just on the consumer side, uh, you know, purchasing these products. But mm-hmm. because you know we all feel that we need to be what the 1% is, although they tell you every year, only one or 2% of people achieve this right? In, in just in this specific country. Everybody, the other 98 percent feels that they need to, even if they can't obtain that, look like they have that. Right. And so, again, that's just spending and spending and spending. And it's because, you know, we're just being bombarded with all of these uh, advertisements and, the uh, you know, from TV or streaming. And you watch these shows and these shows are reinforcing stereotypes, which are, again, it just goes to the social engineering of our society and our culture and, and how people operate. And so, you know,
0: algorithms, just like that, the social yeah. dilemma from that show that came out in 2020, back in September, Right. Um, it, when I watched that, you know, the whole thing is the double sided coin that is marketing and social media. Right. Right. On the one hand, it's the, oh, wow, we're so we get to be connected and keep up with each other. But on the other hand, in the background, there's all these algorithms that are engineered towards the things that you gravitate to. So. Oh, well, there's that thing that I've been thinking about mm-hmm. that I saved that I might consider buying. And next thing you know, 22 times a day, that thing is popping up, and all of a sudden, it's in your Amazon cart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I even, it was like, I don't even know how that just happened. Right.
1: How that happened. Right. Right.
0: right? But right. that's just how it works. And, and it's interesting to me, and I don't know, you know, every, everybody goes on a different journey, but when I was in my 20s, it, it was, you know, you start making money and you you gain, you attain a little bit of success. And it was very, uh, to your point, materialistic, you know, mm-hmm. this car, or this bag or this thing. But it was very fleeting, mm-hmm. you know, for every for every moment that I acquired some new thing, it lasted for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you open it. It's a shiny object. It's pretty cool. And then you're like and then there's some things that I would go back in my closet know a, a year had gone by and i never used the thing mm-hmm. whatever it was like a pair of shoes because it was just such a big deal mm-hmm. but the hype was real but obviously not that real because i never used it i mean right. it was this whole you know looking back on it it, it, it was just this very instant gratification very temporary thing mm-hmm. and i find um in my experiences now that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not things that I'm interested in buying because I, right. I think cool and there's utility in it. But I find myself valuing experiences.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot more than things.
1: Right. Right. And, and again, and so that's an internal change within you. Right. And so and I think we're saying the same thing. If you want to go and buy all new things, by all means, have at it. That, that Everybody's entitled to do what they want to do. But I think now we're just kind of talking from a different perspective as again, I've been there as well, again, I need to buy these things and do these things, but that was because of I was a product of the environment. So I had to make an internal change and say, well, you know what? These things don't matter. These material things don't necessarily matter. Uh, let me take life in a different direction. I'm, I've, I was fortunate enough to come through this scenario um, and get to this point. And so now let me just focus on giving back, right? To the, how, how can I give back? And everybody thinks that you have to be, a lot of people say, uh, whenever I get wealthy, then I'm going to start a nonprofit and I'm going to give and give and give. I'm like, well, you know, you can give now. And one of the, the biggest resources nonprofits need is not necessarily revenue. It's time. It's people. right? They, they need you to come volunteer and help with these events and pass out these resources and shake hands with the community and do all of these other things. And that doesn't cost. Right. You can. Uh, one of the things we do with uh, uh, with the community colleges, is I'm on the scholarship board. So I sit uh, twice a year and go through the scholarships. And then when they narrow it down, I go sit down and be a part of the interview. Right. And so uh, given time is, is just as important, um, you know, as, as giving money and taking the time to, to connect with the community.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I know we've gotten to know you through yeah. the things that you've shared, but I have some specific questions for us to yeah. get to know you a little bit more. So I'm going to start with. Mr. Jack Brickhouse, what are three words that best describe you?
1: Um, say uh, resilient um, integrity and, um, I'll say energetic.
0: I would agree, no. with, that. I would those, definitely agree with that for sure. Those okay. are what about, what is something that you're working on improving right now?
1: Uh, something that I'm working on improving, um, it, it, it kind of ties into what we're just what we just got done talking about is just continuously uh, moving away from uh, media that uh, you know puts me back in that that materialistic state of mind and so you know it's, it's not, again not disconnecting with everything that's not the message here it's just limiting the time that I'm you know on these different social platforms and just making sure that I'm making meaningful engagements uh, I read more uh, again and it, I mean I was already reading probably I usually read probably about fifty books a year, if not more. So you know, give or take the year and what's going on. So it's just you know, reading and and uh, you know, staying in a in a spot where my vibrations are higher than they are lower, and not engaging in as much media and content with lower vibrating material.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that. I think that is a, is an aspiration that we can all put on our you know list of things to focus on. That is amazing. Okay, what's a self limiting belief? That you've had in your life that you've had to overcome and get past
1: oh man i'm, I'm never going to get out of this small town right is as, as how how do i get from this small area uh, to you know whatever it was i wanted to do in business or music at that time and when you look around you know there were not a lot of opportunities to engage with people who had went off and done these things that you can kind of they can kind of be a mentor uh just kind of the you know, based off of the community, and that's uh, one of my bigger reasons of, of giving back the way that I do is to make sure that people understanding and get exposed to different opportunities and things. Because the, the more exposure uh, an individual has, you know, the bigger you can then think. And so, uh, as I was able to get exposed again to California when I was younger, and then you know go through a series of other exposures, that's what helped me to penetrate, you know, the the, the environment that I that I came from. So again, it was it was in, it was all internal. with just using those things as motivation.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. Okay. What is one thing that you want to see changed in the world?
1: Uh, One thing that I want to see changed, uh, I'll keep it on on track. What we're talking about is just, uh, you know, people engaging and uh, valuing their fellow uh, man, woman, um, regardless of race or any of that stuff, over material possessions. That's it, being community. So uh, I, I had an opportunity to participate in, st- in two study abroads. Uh, one was uh, in, uh, with the Maya people in Belize, uh, the indigenous people of Belize. And so I got to go there and uh, uh, stay in some uh, some of their villages and ate food in their homes, and we to talk with their kids. And they told us about their struggles that they were having. Learned a lot about their leadership and how uh, there are 52 different villages and when it's time to vote on a, a major uh, subject, there's buses that start at two o'clock in the morning and they go to every village and pick up, you know, each chief from each village and they all come back, they huddle up, have a meeting, everybody leaves, goes back to their respective village, pitches it to the uh, to their council, whoever it is, and then they come back. And so it's all about assisting. So, you know, these are volunteers that get up and drive these buses and make sure all these things. So, you know, just taking, taking care of us as people, valuing that first again, and then, Placing the material possessions, or uh, you know, instead of trying to outshine your the person next to you, like you said, well, we I got this bag, or I got this this bins or I have you know whatever it may be, competing with the person that lives on your same block, right? You're in the same boat, so you can have whatever, right? But you didn't go anywhere. We're all in. You're in the same space more than like right. Or you're in the same. Yeah. So what are you? So, but it, so the you know that the the public loses, but business wins because you know if, if you go buy the the white you know whatever bag and then your friend goes and buys a black one that's two sales for that manufacturer of those bags right but you guys are now going to go together with different color bags to the same place right <laughs> free, free promotion for the business right and so again we're just taking the time and say all right well i you know i spent this money on this bag but i know my brother or sister was struggling over here and instead of me you know going and figuring that out and saying hey you know can i help you out here you know i I'm gonna go get this bag because I gotta shine on them. They're hurting, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up on them in this. Again, that's that's a mindset that that was created and that you know that we have to overcome.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true. And that that sense of competition, you know, yep. that people have that for, for whatever reasons. It's right. like when you every time you watch those movies and you know, some neighbor sees a neighbor, whatever it is, the car that they just came home with, or you know the Christmas decorations that they did on their house. And now all of a sudden it becomes this mission to, okay.
1: Yeah. One of them.
0: I got this, I got this, you know, and it's just like.
1: (laughs) Right. And so again, so you watch that movie and then that's integrated into the average person's life because now they, oh yeah. So such and such has got that. It's just like in the movie, right? I'm going to go do this. And that's, that's part of the issue. But again, it's an internal change.
0: It is, it is. It does all start with, with, start from within. OK, so what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given?
1: Uh, one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever been getting, given uh, to read all of my paperwork. You know, every document, read, uh, so simple, right? But I actually take the time to read through documents, right? And I learned that very early on. Um, but taking it to all that fine print and all those things, they're telling you and they're laying out the, the, the law for you right there. And if you choose not to read it, well, that's on you. Uh, again, the, the law says not knowing the law is not an excuse. That's, that's the law, right? And so uh, actually over the, past, over the past year, I was able to uh, do some work with uh, a Native American tribe who was just getting established. I had never done anything in tribal government. It was an eye-opening experience, not just about tribal government, but about how our government works. And so I learned a lot about uh, the Constitution. I got to study the Constitution. I even studied before the Constitution to understand how the, everything came together and why. Then I learned about uh, contract law, tort law, all these things. And then you learn something as simple as you're in Las Vegas. Have you ever read your Las Vegas uh, uh, city charter?
0: Interestingly enough, because I've st- I just started another business, okay, I actually have started looking at that. It's, right.
1: it's Yeah, it's, right. And,
0: information, but I'll tell you, because just to put myself on blast a little bit to your very point of, you know, because it started another LLC and there was a little error that I had made Uh the type of LLC Mm -hmm. that it was, because when you go to a bank, there's something specific that they look for Mm -hmm. in order for them to feel confident in the kind of banking you're going to do with them. And there's something as what we think is simple Mm -hmm. in designation, if you don't choose the right thing they don't want to do that kind of business so you have to go all the way down to the fine print and why um but i appreciate the process i appreciate it because it is in all of those little nuances that you learn okay that matters right you know it matters in business because if you do things this way it's going to be construed in one in one way and if you if you do it in another way it means something entirely different and if you take the time and the upfront legwork you could be totally screwed
1: <laughs> right very simple right it's, it's very easy uh, and yeah so you, the average person as you think they don't you don't read the city charters you don't read and uh, here in arizona we have uh, arizona refi, revised statues and some places they're uh, compiled laws or each state calls them something different but every state has one and they're all kind of based off of the constitution and so those things and here in arizona should say the revised statute govern every part of your life if you have a transportation issue you can go to the transportation title Everything, whether it's interaction with law enforcement or uh, dealing with your, your license, everything is laid out. The processes and procedures. Uh, if, if you're dealing with uh, property, again, there's all the laws of property are right there for you and then going back to your city charter. So uh, the, the state and uh, the municipalities, your cities, tell you how they're going to interact with you. But because you know we, we're watching movies about how we can one-up our neighbor, right, or on Instagram <laughs> scrolling, <laughs> right? We we don't we don't read that, and all of these things are free, right? Uh, you can go on WhiteHouse .org or .gov. I mean, anytime you want, you can go in the Library of Congress anytime you want for free. You can go all of these different places, and they have all of these free resources for you mm-hmm. to learn these things. But who yeah. wants to learn the law, right? It's, it's boring. It's a lot of text That's definitions, funny. but that governs everything I, that you do. Tell
0: you it's fun because <laughs> my in my undergraduate degree, I, I majored of all things in political science okay imagine Mm -hmm. what that might have been like and i remember in high school i was in competition government class Uh so you basically meet up with another high school and talk about your knowledge of the constitution i couldn't tell you today all the things had to remember back then, yeah. um, but it but it is like you said. I mean, it's 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 a lot of information. But the funny thing is, is that it is useful because mm-hmm. then you become a wise consumer of the services around you versus letting things just happen to you. That's because right. that, that things happen when you're not a part of the process, it will happen to you right. all of a sudden. Something is going on in the community, and you're upset about it. When you could have learned, you could have contributed, you could have participated, um, and that that goes back to this, you know, being active. Just to, right. just much in the community is things like law, even yeah. though it's maybe not as fun. <laughs> right,
1: right, yeah, and it's not, but you know, th- those are the rules of the game. So it's like you know, if you if you've never played Monopoly and you just sit down and start playing the game. You're going to make a lot of errors because you don't know the, the rule of the, the rules of the game and if somebody else is, is beating the crap out of you they read the yeah. rules right like hey, i'm gonna take it you don't know the rules hell yeah i'm gonna run the table on you so it's no different yeah. in, in regular life they know most businesses operate on the pretense that people don't know the law and regulations and they're just going to take what they um you know whatever is given to them and sign it and have read it and they're just because as we've been talking about materialistic they just want the end product i just mm-hmm. want this car i just want uh, this house or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, whatever this fine print says, it's going to be all right. Cause I got this house. So I have this car, or I have this loan or whatever it is. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's just super important to do that. And again, you, you don't have to become a law professor. It's just taking the time to read small things that, that involve your life. You read a little bit today, a little bit next week. Right. And, and just taking the time to learn. And so uh, like I tell a lot of my buddies back home when it comes to traffic stops with, you know, minorities, if you know the law, you don't have to do all these other things, right? You just ask a couple questions and then you let the officer do what they're gonna do and then you handle it on the back end, right? It's all because our government, as you're talking about with the Constitution, we're a paper government. Everything is, is paper that we do, whether it's state or on the uh, federal side, you know, or, or local municipality. And so just, you know, taking the time to be familiar, you know, if, if you do get a uh, citation or have to go to court, you're not scared. You know, normally it's like, oh, I got something from the state. Um, <laughs> Uh, I got to go to court and you're nervous and you just go and then the, you're in front of the judge. I mean, it can be something as small as a traffic t- t- ticket. You feel like you're on trial to go to jail right. because you're in the courtroom and you're not used to being in that, in that space. But again, if you take the time to know the laws, uh, the, the great thing about government is everything is, is laid out for you on all the procedures and processes they have to use. So all you have to do is make sure that they are following these processes and procedures as a government. That's all it comes down to. And the way you do that is by taking the time to read, read, read all of the materials that they give you, read the policies and the procedures of the government agency that you're working in or working with. And then what the municipality says, what the state says, what the feds say. Now, you know this stuff. So now you're going in and, and, and you have an idea of what to do and what to say. And so it's not scary anymore. And I learned a lot of this again, you know, working with tribal government.
0: That's amazing. And, and I think the other thing, too, is that information is far easier to access today than ever before. Absolutely. You know, I remember back in school, I physically went up, went to a library, got a book, opened it up, flipped through the pages, maybe ordered a book, highlighted it. And it was this whole process now a lot of things are it's available online it might be 200 pages of yep. online that you're you know scrolling through but it's very accessible and i yep. think that is a is a privilege that it we is. have is is being able to get it very a lot quicker right. than you know what what might have been the case before right um so how can people follow Mr. Jack Brickhouse and the work that you are doing um, so they can keep up with it or, you know, learn more about you or reach out to you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, For my nonprofit, Brickhouse Cares, it's just BrickhouseCares.org. You can learn a little bit about what we do uh, foundation-wise. Social media, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, I'm always happy to uh, connect with uh, individuals there and have a conversation and and shed a little advice if, if I can. So those are the primary ways to contact me on mrjackbrickhouse.org as well.
0: Awesome, cool. I will make sure that those links are in the show notes so people can easily do that if they wanna reach out to you. Is there anything that you wanna talk about in terms of programs or things that you have coming up next that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, so uh, actually just recently in September, I released my first uh, solo fiction book. Uh, It's called Blind Drift, something like a screenplay. Um, For me, I didn't, because we did a self-help book the first time, I didn't mm-hmm. want to get boxed in as a self-help writer and just say, all he, all he does is write self-help books. And so I, I, I got uncomfortable because I don't even read fiction, right? I'm not a big fiction reader. And so I said, I'm gonna, I wanna write something this, that can't be compared to this because it's in a completely different category. And so uh, it took me about six years to, to finish that because it went through a variety of changes. First, it was, a, it was just gonna be a script or a screenplay. And then I was like, oh, well, no, I'm gonna put it in book format and then I was like, well, you know what? I really want to do a hybrid. And so there was a lot of that, you know, kind of uh, revising and restructuring that took a bulk of it and then just kind of pushing the pushing the actual storyline along. And again, shout out to Genoa White. Uh, uh, when it comes to this book thing, That that is as my my right hand. And so, uh, you know, she kind of helped to to uh, once I, I wrote it. So the entire book is 450 pages. That's why it ended. That's how it what it ended up being. And so she kind of helped me get, get, get that uh, outside perspective and say, hey, well, this is how this is perceived. So maybe we can you know, change maybe this sentence or these words or whatever it may be. She was always good in, in assisting and in actually shaping some of the storyline and figuring out ways to move it along. And so that was great. And what I also did with Blind Drift was I created a, a music, I call it a musical landscape. So it's a soundtrack for the novel. Uh, it's called uh, a Blind Drift, Something Like a Screenplay. It's just a soundtrack for the novel. Uh, the book is Amazon. You know, wherever you get books, the soundtrack is Apple, Spotify, wherever you want to. Uh, listen to that and I, there's no lyrics again as a, I'm a composer and so uh, a lot of the compositions I do like commercial I do a lot of background music for hotels and uh, you know supermarkets all that type of stuff and so that's what I wanted to do so while you're reading you can throw the soundtrack on on the background and just kind of have some music playing because you know as a as a as a composer if you put uh, an artist who has lyrics they then take over the song and the the individual connects with their story that they told but I can tell you a story if you just sit down and listen to music and you'll, you will experience the things because, you know, we connect with music due to sound waves and frequencies and all those other things. So I just kind of let the individual use the musical landscape to kind of help either think or develop their story or just kind of listen to some emotions that I may have been feeling when I was composing. So I wanted to jump out and, and do that. So that's been cool
0: that's incredible that is such a dynamic piece of work that you're doing bringing bringing something to life in such an interesting way and um you know i i didn't appreciate the intimacy of composition honestly until i started podcasting about two years ago because Mm -hmm. the journey was in developing a brand and developing a message was having the right kind of composition that helped elevate what you are trying to do you know with right. your message and, and going through that process a couple of times um, to find the right sweet spot of mm-hmm. you know it, all of those things that emote mm-hmm. with music. you know mm-hmm. is it bad? is it bright? Is it po- pontification? is you right. know there's all these different ways and directions you can go with it. Right. So I, I think that's such an added layer that mm-hmm. you have with this piece of work because it, ta- it it takes it into life right. in a different frequency.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, the, as you talk about undertaking a project, that was uh, six years that, you know, there's again, with that, there's ups, there's downs, there's, I want to quit. Why the hell did I take this on? I could have did another self-help book and shit, did this shit in six months. Right. <laughs> right? right? And, no, yeah. Before,
0: you know, you could do it again.
1: I can do it again, right? And that, and that was the number one thing. And so, I, you know, I, I committed to it, and and uh, here we are. So th- that's uh, that was definitely uh, an achievement that I was uh, that I was proud of, most definitely. And and the last thing I'll say, I was doing an interview uh, in the UK, and I kind of use a golf analogy. So I like uh, uh, playing golf, and so what I fell in love with golf is the, as we talked about is the the is you versus yourself, right? So you're playing against other people, and you guys are in competition, but it's really only just you. And so as you play golf, uh, there's let's just say you're at a uh, the first hole is a par four, which means you should be able to get the ball from the tee to the flag in the hole in four swings. And so as you tee off, sometimes you have a great uh, first shot and it sets you up and it goes straight down the middle of the of the green and lands where you need it. But sometimes it goes to the left, it goes to the right, it's in the brush, it's behind the tree. And so what happens is the Tim- better you is <laughs> in the pond. Right. And so the, the, the better you your past uh, past self performs, you set yourself up for your next shot or for your next shot in life. It's the same thing. So you can't. So what happens is in the uh, in the beginning, if you come like I come from playing basketball when I was younger, which is a huge emotional sport. Right. It's, it's all about being emotional and showing your emotions and, and watching football. And this is completely the opposite. So I have to. That was the hardest curve is, is when I hit a bad shot, not reacting like, Fuck, you know, I messed up. Yeah, and taking all that and burying that down and, and being calm and saying, OK, you know, that's what it is. So, and, and just understanding that there's there's four shots for a reason. And just because you hit a bad shot doesn't mean that you've actually blown the hole. That's what it seems like in the beginning, because you, everybody wants to be a perfectionist. But what you actually, if you're playing to get somebody is your mental strength versus their mental strength. So they may have hit a better ball, long ball than you did. But when it gets time to putt, they may be horrible at putting and they may blow it and you can still win the hole. So you're always in life in entrepreneurship. Just your old self is setting your new self up. So the decisions you make today is setting yourself up next week to either succeed or fail based off of your actions. And so that's is similar to the, to the game of golf. That's why I love golf.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's brilliant. Oh, man. I, I honestly I could talk to you and, and lose track of time completely If there <laughs> was a timer on our discussion yeah. I'd be, tomorrow. Just keep going. And yeah. I, I just, you you are such a wealth of of knowledge and wisdom and and just that when you when you use the word vibration I, I feel that vibration with you of just that sense of service and and operating in a space of of making this world better and i'm just so grateful that you're you're here doing the work you do because we just need we need more of that
1: yeah I mean, you you know sacrifice
0: so thank you, thank you for sharing in this space with me today. Thank you for you know holding this, and and I really think that for anybody listening, they're they're walking away with, um, you know, feeling very inspired about everything that you've shared.
1: It's all about one. If if one person can find some positivity, then we succeeded for the day.
0: Yes. So thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to uh, diving into more of your content.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Love to come back on in the future sometime.
0: Absolutely. That was such an invigorating episode with Mr. Jack Brickhouse. Such a motivational person. I love his story and I absolutely love everything that he is doing in the community, in business. So many bright spots. I hope that you were just as inspired as I was. So here is the major takeaway that I have from the time with Jack. And it's going back to mindset and the importance of mindset and how we can get into those ruts where we tell ourselves things that keep us from the pursuit of our dreams. So it could either be not starting something that you've been thinking about, or it could be at that point where you wanna quit because it's too hard or it feels like it's too hard. But I love the way that Jack talked about you're halfway there if that's how you feel. You're in the thick of it. You can get halfway back or you can go halfway forward if you're at that 50 yard line. I love football too so I love that analogy so much. You know, you can be Tom Brady in those situations where the odds are stacked against you and you're in the fourth quarter losing the game. How many times have we seen Tom Brady turn things around at the 11th hour because of his grit, determination, focus, and knowing that there is still time left on the clock to win the game? What is that clock for you. Pursue your goals and your dreams with urgency. So if you're at that point right now and you're keeping yourself from getting started for whatever reason that may be or keeping yourself from continuing, I want you to take a hard look and a hard pause to focus on why are you doing this? What is your why behind the pursuit of this dream of yours? Why do you wake up and choose to do this? Are you really ready to throw in the towel or quit before you've even gotten started? It starts with you. And that is why I say you are your only limit. So take action today. I say it for a reason every single time you tune in to this podcast, because it takes repetition and it takes consistency to understand and remind ourselves that we are capable of absolutely everything we want in our lives, in relationships, in our professional life, in our spiritual life, with our friendships, with our money, with the fun and the social aspects of our lives, we're in control of all of those things. And yes, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There will be curveballs, there will be unanticipated events, there will be surprises. It happens all the time. I'm not a fan of the times when this happens because it's happened just about, you know, every day of the week. For most for most of the time for me that's that's a regular occurrence but it's our resiliency and our resolve that allow us to persevere so i encourage you to reflect and to keep on pushing thanks so much for tuning in you know that another episode that is inspiring and awesome is coming forward because it is what I do here on the born and breakable podcast. So come back again. And hey, if there is a guest that you want to hear from, if you want to share your story, if there's a topic that you want to hear about, hit me up. Let me know. Des at bornandbreakable.com. I am always open to ideas and hearing from you because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. So thanks so much. All right. Rant complete. (laughs) Have an amazing day. Share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Jack is freaking inspirational. So you better be sharing this episode (laughs) with somebody. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.